great. Well, Romans 1 gives us a lot of instruction, a lot of instruction, so much here. Today we're going to try to handle a few verses. We've been kind of going a verse at a time, uh, but today the section really divides well into three verses, giving us three reasons to come to church, three reasons to be in church, three reasons to, uh, I guess, uh, be here. You could be doing a lot of a lot with your time. Is that too cold over there coming down? Okay. Okay. We're up raising it, right? Because um, as we come, we give gifts to one another. We give gifts to another, and that's what Paul will share share with us today. I don't know how many of you are good gift givers. Perhaps you spend some time really thinking about the different gifts that you give your family and friends and loved ones. I looked this up this week, a uh, website that encouraged people to share some of the worst gifts they've ever been given. And uh, so I read through 25 of those and I picked out a few of them. Um, Fake M&Ms from the dollar store, right, that were actually lentils, lentils, beans inside. Now that's mean. That's just cruel. Right, came in his plastic M&M's tube. Uh, how about this mother uh, that gave a book for Christmas uh, that she had given to her mother the year before. And she acted as though she purchased it for her. But there was a note in there to herself, <laughs> to her mom. Uh, so he's like, I knew it was the same book. That would be rough. This guy's wife got him a trash can for, for Christmas. And he got her an iPhone. It was a little different there. A little different there. Uh, Sometimes we think these gifts are not so great, but then it turns out to be some of the best things we've ever been given. Like when you're a child and you're given this book that teaches you to draw, you're like, what am I going to do with that? I want a toy. But then you learn some aptitude or you're like, wow, that was essential for my life. I'm so thankful that I was given that. I've heard that the Statue of Liberty was not so popular when it was given to us from France. Uh, What are we going to do with this thing, this shiny copper thing? It actually didn't work well as a lighthouse. It was horrible for a lighthouse. And uh, media just just slammed it, uh, the, the gift. But then it developed a deeper significance, right? Uh, the idea of freedom and liberty. And it's something that folks will actually come to New York just to see and take pictures of. Because there was something deeper than a lighthouse. There was something deeper than a statue. It was the significance behind it. And we do find that in some of the greatest gifts. It's the meaning behind it and what we could say the spiritual significance of that gift. And As we gather together each Sunday, we should recognize that We can give something to one another on a spiritual level that is much more important than anything we could give one another on a physical level. And that is what Paul gets at in our text today, what we all need. We need something deeper, something spiritual that we can give one another. And so as we look at the text, we'll find three reasons to come to church. And one of those is that spiritual gift that we can give one another. Uh, You can see clearly in the text here, there's this, for this reason I long to come to you, right? So he's saying, I want to come to be with you. I want to come and be at your church in Rome. I want to come and gather with the saints. For 
I long to so that. And so that's one reason. So that this will happen. And then you can see verse 12 gives another so that. That I may. And then he gives another reason. And then look at verse 13. Another one. So that I may. And then a third reason. Okay, so this is all about Paul's wanting to be with the saints and gather with the saints. And he gives three reasons we would say kind of the effects of him gathering that makes him want to gather. But also what we'll do is it'll give us a little more of a laser focus of how we should think as we come to church, as we prepare. Right? What am I here for? Right? Is this just because of tradition? Is this just because uh, I, I want to receive something or I want to cry or I want to jump up and down? Like, why do I come to church? And this will help us kind of laser that in on how... Uh, or the reason why we should come to church. And actually, in, in Paul's case, why we should even consider uh, fellowship with other churches. Because he was wanting to go to another church, right? So our ladies just had a gathering where we gathered with several other churches, and our young adults are just driving to North Carolina in a few weeks to meet with uh, churches all across the country, the young adults from uh, you know, other, other uh, places all over the, the U.S. Right? Why do we do this? So we have some significance here, okay? So let's jump into this first one together, to give a spiritual gift. Why would you come to church? First of all, we would, we would need to do this in order to give to others a spiritual gift. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. And there's three questions here that we can answer, kind of the text gives us answers to, to help walk us through those words. What does he want? What does he give? And what happens when that gift is given? First of all, what, is, what does he want? Well, for I long, what? I long to what? To see you. I want to see you guys. I really want to see you. Now, maybe there's others, some in the church that you want to see more than others, but we should get to know, to know each other to where we, we want to see each other. And kind of why I tried to get us to get each other's names a little better. And we used to shake hands every week. Um, but, uh, right, three years of COVID, I don't know that we're ready for that yet. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm just like, all these hands? Oh, whatever. But we can at least greet one another and say, say hi, right? That's good. Um, so, I long to see you. Paul was not longing just to pray for them, not just to hear about them. He really wanted to see them. He wanted personal contact. And, and I don't want us to just jump through that. He, he wanted to be with them. That was significant. There was this letter of communication that he was writing. And it's one that's so awesome that we still read it and study it to this day. In fact, I think if you study history, it's probably changed the world more than any other writing in world history. This letter of Romans. All right? So, I mean, it's, that's really powerful, the letter he's sending them. But it wasn't enough. He wanted to have personal contact. He wanted to have personal contact. Right, we can get very proud about our level of communication in our society, right? And I enjoy this. I, I enjoy social media, giving announcements that way, and, and radio, and television, internet, all these different ways that we can share with one another truths. And those are all really good. Um, 
they, they were able to send a letter that would travel 750 miles from where Paul was in Corinth to Rome, right? So Rome was at the place there where that was ease of travel was possible, right? This is cutting edge technology for his time. Uh, this letter that he sends there, he thinks carefully about it, but it wasn't enough. He wanted to be with them. And, and that's why this is important, what we're doing today. It's not enough just to listen to, to Charles Stanley, right? No, I, I love doing that. I wonder how many of you uh, were, were led to Christ through listening to Charles Stanley's preaching? One, two, all right, maybe three. Isn't that amazing? All right? And, and I've heard of many, many others. Um, of course, he just passed away recently. Uh, but, 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 uh, but that's not enough. I remember one of, our, uh, one of the men in Brooklyn, very, very, I don't know if I should say aggressive, but just as Brooklyn as you can get, uh, he, he came to the Lord, through, came to Christ through Charles Stanley preaching. And so he drives to Georgia. He's like, I need to get baptized. Right? And so he shows up at the church and says, baptize me. Right? Why? Because he knew it wasn't enough just to hear. Like, there's, there needs to be beyond that. Right? He, he, he recognized, even a baby Christian, I, I need more than this. I need interaction. Um, and I think it's helpful for us to recognize we need to, to, to not just see, but have some interaction. The eye, the ear, the nose, there needs to be a little interaction. Right? All those toes come together. Right, We think of the different... Members of the body of Christ, and we all need to connect with one another in meaningful ways. Meaningful ways. Well, what does he give as he longs to connect with them? What does he want? He wants to see them. He wants personal interaction. What does he give? What does the text say? For I long to see you that I might what? Yeah, impart a spiritual gift to you. He wants to give to them a spiritual gift. Impart or share he has a spiritual gift that he wants to share with them. Literally, in order to share a certain gift to you, a spiritual one. In order to share a certain gift to you, a spiritual one. Right, the first idea is the idea of gift. It's a spiritual gift. The word gift there um, is, a, is a good one. It's, it's the word has at its root the word grace. All right, so you see this is the Greek word. Not that it matters. You don't need to know Greek. It doesn't matter. But this is what we could probably know as Grace Baptist Church. Charis uh, is the word grace. Right? Charisma is this word that we're seeing as, as gift. All right? So it's, a, it's the same root word. The idea is grace is this, I'm giving to you something with no thought of return. It does come up again in this same letter. Does anyone know what chapter? If you can read real tiny writing, you could see it because we're going there. But what does he talk about gifts in Romans? Anyone want to throw it out there? Good. Romans 12. Yeah. Romans 12, he's going to talk about this. Since we have gifts that differ according to the what? Grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of faith, if service in his serving, teaching in his teaching, exhorting in his exhortation, giving with liberality, leading with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. 1 Corinthians 12 also talks about gifts. 
On those cases, who gives the gifts? God the Holy Spirit. Right? So when we look at the text here, uh, Paul is not saying, I long to see you that I may impart, like he has a spiritual gift that when Paul gets there, now they have a spiritual gift. That's not what he's saying. Right? The, those gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. And that's the idea of spiritual. Uh, the idea here is that the Holy Spirit gives this gift. Right? So it's a spiritual gift in the sense that God the Holy Spirit gifted Paul. So it was given. So it's a grace gift to Paul. And now Paul has it and he wants to exercise it in a way that they are blessed. He wants to share with them of his spiritual gift that God had given him. At the same time, he has a monetary gift in Corinth, as he's writing this, that he wants to give to the saints in Jerusalem. Right, so he's been collecting all of this, these funds, and he's taking it to needy saints in Jerusalem. And so like, I think he's just thinking about that. I have all this financial help that I'm going to give to saints in Jerusalem. But you know, I want to go to Rome, not to give them a physical gift, but to give them a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift. And so... We, as we gather together, should be thinking, how can I minister in a spiritual way with everyone around here? Right? And, and, and the word spiritual there gives us two hints. First of all, it's not just like a physical thing. Right? Now, you can help a brother or sister here with right, uh, buying a pair of shoes or uh, whatever. But, but there is something spiritually that you can... Help benefit them. And so he wants to minister through his spirit to their spirit by, and this is the second element, it's on a spiritual level, but it's the Holy Spirit who does it. And so we just become channels. And this is what's so cool. As soon as you're born again, you have the ability to minister to me. It's not that there's this huge difference between a pastor and someone who's just, just born again, or there's the, right, there's the deacon and the pastor, and then... No, no, it, we're all on the same level. We're all just empty vessels that need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And when we interact, we can do spiritual ministry with one another. And that's how God builds up his church. When we humble ourselves and we minister to one another through God's Spirit. It's by the power of God's Holy Spirit. The sails of the church are but beautiful tarps hanging limp if not filled and moved by the power of God's Spirit. Your gift, no matter how grand, is just an instrument of brass sitting shiny but silent, if not taken up and breathed through by God's Holy Spirit. All is vain unless the Holy Spirit comes down and uses us and ministers through us. It's His work. It's what He can do. Now, what was it that Paul specifically had in mind? Just a, a quick teaching thought here. Uh, we could take a, an hour with this. And, and uh, those who write about it do. Uh, many pages read. What, was, what specifically do you think Paul was talking about? What spiritual gift did Paul have that he wanted to use or exercise to build them up? Well, let's just take one moment with that. If you would turn in your Bible to Romans 15... And we'll deal a little bit more with this at another time. But Romans 15, he talks a little bit more about the desire to come with to them. 
And it, it, it's, a, it's a, maybe a little confusing when you compare it with this one. Romans 15, verse 15. Concerning you, my brethren, I'll start with verse 14. I myself am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, also able to admonish one another. I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you because of the grace, right? Again, that gift, grace given to me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. Ministering as a priest, the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God, for I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. Again, through the gospel, as an apostle to the Gentiles, there's this special calling that Paul has that Jesus actually, when he, when he confronted him on the road to Emmaus, said, I want you to be the apostle of the Gentiles to speak to kings. All right, so right from his conversion, he had this grace given to him to preach the gospel and then he kind of clarifies it from Jerusalem in the power of the Spirit so that from Jerusalem and around about from Elycrium I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And thus I aspire to preach the gospel not where Christ was already named so that I would not build on another man's foundation. And so there's this idea of Paul wanting to go places where Christ had not yet preached and preached the gospel and specifically a place that is, 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 has a lot of Gentiles, a lot of non-Jewish people. Jewish people and, and non-Jewish people coming together in one body. And so it appears that to be his specific, his specific niche, that God had placed him as the last apostle. He says, I'm not worthy to be apostle, the one born out of due time, because in time would have been the time of Jesus. And yet God called him to preach the gospel where Christ was not named, and the Lord used him. And so it seems as though he's setting up a time to come there. Now that church had been planted, right? And so it's not coming to Rome in order to plant the church of Rome. It had already been there. And so he wants to come there to exercise this gospel preaching gift so that they can be strengthened, as we'll just see in a second. Um, But perhaps then that he has a base to go from Rome all the way to Spain, right? And so he wants to go where Christ had not yet been preached from Rome, but he needs a base there. And so he's wanting them to exercise this spiritual gift of the apostleship to the Gentiles to go from here and share the gospel to the end of the world. Okay. So just a brief moment with that. Because, uh, like, I don't know, maybe you've never thought of that. What gift is he talking about? Well, he's most likely, yes, you know, generally speaking, of exercising a gift of sharing the gospel, exhorting others to believe the gospel. But there's this specific idea of us coming together to do it in, in a place like Queens, where, where you have people from all over the world gathered together. Right? Like Paul would be here. Paul would be here if he were alive today. Right? This place where all the nations have gathered. All right, what happens with this gift? Right? As Paul exercises it, as you exercise your gift, as the Holy Spirit uses you, what is the effect of that? Third question, what happens with this gift? What happens in the text? I may impart some spiritual gift to you, and then what happens then? That you may be established. Established. He's not saying that they are not yet established because he hasn't laid any apostolic foundation there. They're an established church. He's going to say that very often. 
But the word there has the idea of strengthened. That you may be strengthened in your faith. And this is what happens every time you come to church. If you exercise your gift and you're around other people who are spirit-filled exercising their gifts, you're, you're strengthened. You, you're stronger spiritually. There's a strengthening effect on you as you interact with others in the body. An idea would be like laying supports, right? In our basement, we have all these, these beams and, and, and then one, one beam that goes across and, and there's some cracks in that one. And I need to put some support there. Uh, it's, it's, because it, it, it's not that it's falling, but it needs to be strengthened. It's not that it's never been laid, it just needs to be strengthened. And so every church and every person, right, as we settle... We, we can kind of get, we get little cracks. And we need to be with one another to strengthen our faith, to, to support us. And so as we minister our gifts to one another, our, our faith is strengthened. We make one another stronger. And that's why we serve one another. That's why we encourage one another. That's why we teach one another. That's why we give to one another. That's why we lead to one another. All of those things of Romans 12, the spiritual gifts, are for us to encourage each other and make each other more strong. So, quick question for application. Quick question for application. When you meet with other Christians at church, I'm just going to be upfront with this, are they more strong spiritually for having seen you? Are they more strong spiritually for having seen you? That's the goal. That's the goal. You know, I, I was with Tim, and I was really discouraged, but after spending some time with him, I, was, I feel stronger. I feel stronger spiritually. That's the goal. All right, well, let's not lay that burden on ourselves. How does that happen, according to this text? As the Holy Spirit is filling you, is enabling you. So it's not something where you have to think, oh, man, there's no way I can do that. Yes, you can if you're relying on God. And so I just, like every time I preach, I ask for this because I know this is true. I ask for the Holy Spirit to fill me, to control me, to enable me. Every time we come to church, this is what we should be asking for. Lord, please forgive me of my sins and please fill me with your spirit. Please enable me to serve my brothers and sisters, to wash their spiritual feet, uh, to encourage them spiritually. That's how the work is done. It's through God's spirit who lives in all of us. He is the blood of the church that is causing us to grow to be like Jesus. Let's quickly look at the second purpose. The second purpose, if we only get through two, that's okay. We'll we'll be done when we're done. I mean, we'll be done when we're out of time. Uh, The second purpose for gathering is to encourage each other. To encourage each other. It's very similar that they would be strengthened, but this helps us get a little... A little more nuance to that. Um, That is that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. All right, three more questions here. Uh, What is received? Who receives it? And what delivers it? That's the key. That's the key. What is received? Who receives it? And what delivers it? All right, what is received here? What is the word? What is received Encouragement, good. That is the second big purpose, that I may be encouraged. Each of us may be encouraged, he goes on to say. So while we're at church, we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged. 
I love that word, all right? It's the word paraclete. Has it its, its center, the word paraclete? Who, who is the paraclete? The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the, the one who's called alongside to help. And so not only is the Spirit the one who fills us and enables us, it's actually the kind of work he does. The kind of work that we do with one another is what the Holy Spirit does. And, and the idea is someone called alongside to encourage. So we're all on the same team. We're all on the same team and we're all headed to the same goal. It's not you're racing me and I finally, I finally beat him. And we're all on the same team, exercising gifts to the glory of God. And we need encouragement. All of us need encouragement. Everyone here needs encouragement. It's not like, boy, I feel discouraged this week. I'm not going to go to church. No, everyone at church needs to be encouraged. Now, some of us need more encouragement than others, but all of us need to be encouraged. So just think about that. When you meet with that person, don't discourage them. Don't put them down. Right? Now, there may be something they need to be encouraged to give up, but it's still positive encouragement. Hey, you can do this. By God's grace, you can grow in this area. You need encouragement. I need encouragement. And so we're called to do the work that God's Spirit does as Jesus sends him down. It's not to belittle or discourage. It's to encourage and build up. The word often we use is edify. Not tear down, build up. Build up the church. I still was shocked. In New York City, I was sitting in a Starbucks and heard that old country song I'm working on a building I'm working on a building for my Lord for my Lord let's talk about the church I don't know why they're playing at Starbucks but this is the building that you're working on that's the Holy Spirit's body it's Jesus's body the Holy Spirit enables us to build okay Um, who receives it this is important Um, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you each of us by each other's faith both yours and mine who receives encouragement who needs encouragement Right, now, listen, Paul has amazing gifts. Now, he has planted so many churches. God has used him more than anyone else as far as the apostles to this point for the gospel to move forward. He could very easily be proud. But you know what he says? I want to come to Rome so that I can be encouraged by you. Paul needed the church. Paul needed the body. None of us are an island to ourselves. We need one another. I need you. I need the church. It is not healthy for me to not be with Christians. I need wise counsel. I need people who will encourage me. And I love Paul's humility here, but it's not just humility, it's truth. We all need one another. And as the Holy Spirit I mean, Phil's person that's been saved for a month and we sit down together and I hear them sharing the word and I share the word with them, I am built up by what they share. Because again, the power is in the spirit through the word. And every time the word is shared, you are strengthened from glory to glory in that particular area. You never grow where you don't need that truth. You never go to the point, well, I'm as humble as I need to be. Don't need that one anymore. No, we all need all of these truths. So he says, I need it as well. The book, uh, Dangerous Calling, Paul Tripp, uh, brings this out about pastors. 
often they end up leaving ministry because they've never sat under other people's ministries. They've never, uh, there's a pride there that won't listen to others teach, right? This is what I really enjoy about our Briarwood uh, study right now. Next, what, maybe 15, 20 weeks, I'm not speaking at all. Just kind of sit there and listen. This is what our grace groups are all about. It's not that one teacher has all the answers and everyone has to listen. It's a group that is getting around the word and studying that together. That makes sense. We all need one another. Oh, I got to keep moving here. Proverbs 26 is so cool with this. I, I don't know if you've seen this recently. He's talking about a fool. And he says, a fool is like a dog that returns to his vomit. He says all these interesting phrases that says how needy a fool is. Um, like a sparrow in its flying, a swallow in its flying, a curse without cause does not alight. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of a fool. Like the legs which are useless, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. If you, if you try to give honor to a fool, it's like binding a stone in a sling. As soon as you put that honor there, he's going to turn it around and it's going to zing off and you're going to see how foolish he is. Listen to this one. Like an archer who wounds everyone. Meaning, right, he's shooting people in the back of his own teammate. Is someone who hires a fool. But listen to this. Verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Right? So we never get to the point where we're like, oh, I'm like I don't need to hear that. I don't, I don't, I don't. No, all of us, kindergarten until we get to see Jesus, learning from one another because it's the Spirit who's teaching us through his word. Well, I, we'll just end with this one. Um, what is it then that delivers this? What delivers this encouragement to one another? This is fascinating. This is so important. What is it in your life that will encourage those around you? It's each of us by the other's what? Faith. Your faith. As people see your faith, as they see you live out your faith, they are encouraged as well to live out their faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as you live in such a way that demonstrates that you are living by principles that others can't see, because you see it from God, then you're living on your faith and that spreads to someone else. And so when we leave today, you're going to go back to work and you're going to go to school and you're going to go in your neighborhood and there's going to be, it's going to be packed with people who live only by what they see. And you're going to watch television. And the primary theme is going to be, it's all about what you see and hear and taste. It's all about the senses. But, but this one time a week, we're going to gather together and everyone around you, by God's grace, is living by principles that you can't see. That there is a God who you can't see, who made everything who is calling us all to live by his authority and his rules that you can't see other than the scripture. 
to go to a city that we can't see. And that is all the faith chapter. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so God calls Moses to leave the riches of Egypt to serve the Lord in the wilderness. Moses, are you going to leave all the wealth, the wealthiest job in the world, the the most powerful position in the world, the best education in the world, and go lead this ragtag group of people in the wilderness? Yes, why? Because he had faith. He lived by principles that you can't see but are just as real to you and I as they were to Moses. By faith, Abraham left Ur, his family, his homeland, all that he knew, not knowing where he was going. Why? Because God had called him to step out in faith. And so you and I are called to follow this same faith because we have a city that is made without hands in heaven, a heavenly Jerusalem, a heavenly citizenship, heavenly principles. The Moffats served in what's now Botswana for many years, but they served for 10 years before seeing anyone come to know Jesus. Uh, The directors of their mission board began to question the wisdom of their continuing and started kind of putting some pressure on them to come off the field. They stayed for another year or two and continued to preach the gospel. One day a friend in England sent word that they were going to mail them a gift and asked what they would like it to be. Trusting in the Lord to bless their work, Mrs. Moffat replied, send us a communion set. I'm sure it will soon be needed. God honored her faith. The Holy Spirit moved on the hearts of the village they were working with, and soon six people were born again and ready to take communion. The communion set from England was delayed in the mail, and the day before their first commemoration of the Lord's Supper, it arrived. She's living by a set of principles that are different than what is seen. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. God spoke all of this. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. By faith, Noah, warned by God, prepared an ark. Couldn't see this. And we're all called to make decisions. But as far as the text goes and our application today, as you live that way, you're going to encourage my faith. As you make decisions that are based on principles that are in the word of God, based on God who we do not see, that's going to encourage your faith and my faith. And when we gather as a community, we need this. Because if we're just, just living by all of those who've lived like Egypt, we're going to go back to the leeks and onions. We're going to go back to what we can taste and smell and see. But then we come back to the community of faith. And we're encouraged to live by the principles of faith. And that's why it's so important to get to Rome. That's why it's so important to connect with one another in a meaningful way. In a meaningful way. And then the third one is is that he would produce fruit. And we'll deal with that next week. It's very similar to the next section as well. 
Are you strong in faith today? Perhaps if you're feeling yourself weak in faith, it's because you need to be strengthened by other people around you. So let me encourage to, to connect with others. And I realize, right, this is, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, we're, you're all here, but, but try, to, try to connect with someone, okay? And it doesn't necessarily have to be here on Sunday. Try to connect with another believer in another place, it would be fine as well. In Pilgrim's Progress, um, Christian is going on the principles of faith and leaving the city of destruction, headed to the celestial city. And he talks about a man named Poor Faith, uh, who is beat up um, and left. Uh, actually, he's, he's, he's beat up and they've stolen his his. Rubies, it says, his jewels. But he still has his parchment whereby he can enter the celestial kingdom. They didn't find that. Um, But because he was uh, poor in faith, he was left uh, almost as if slain. And Christian gives this application because of that. It is good also that we desire of the king a convoy. Uh, a group that we go to the celestial city together, that we're not left alone and beat up, having everything stolen, but our very promise into heaven through the gospel. We desire the king of the king, a convoy, yea, that he will go with us himself. This made David rejoice when in the valley of the shadow of death, Moses was rather for dying where he stood than to go one step without his God. Oh, my brother, if he will but go along with us, what need we be afraid of ten thousands that shall set themselves against us? Poor little faith has been among the thieves, was robbed. Remember this, whoso believes and gets more faith shall then a victor be, over 10,000, else scarce over three. Let's pray. It's bowed and eyes closed. Let's just ask the Lord for strength to live out these purposes in our church. Um, It's kind of more of a family talk today as we think of our our own church. But I think it's all for all of us. The Lord would help us to be filled with His Spirit, to encourage one another, speaking the truth in love. Uh, You need the church. The church needs you as you're filled with the Spirit, encouraging one another. In just a moment, Collins will close us in prayer. Uh, Before he does, let's just take a moment of quiet and talk to the Lord. Ask Him for strength to uh, be a friend to one another, to encourage another. And also to find uh, friends who will walk along with you the journey to the celestial city. In just a moment, Collins will.